0: What's up everybody? Welcome back to the Next Level Freedom Church podcast. My name is Trenton Cruz. I'm the lead pastor of Next Level Freedom Church in Jackson, Missouri. If you're seeking a church family that can help you grow in your relationship with Christ, or maybe you just want to check us out online, be sure to check out our website, www.nextlevelfreedomchurch.com. I hope today's episode will inspire you and encourage you as you fulfill the destiny God has for your life and fulfill your divine purpose in God's master Plan. Thanks for tuning and God bless. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Next Level Freedom Church podcast. My name is Trenton Cruz, lead pastor of Next Level Freedom Church right here in Jackson, Missouri. We thank you so much for joining with us today on this very special episode of Unified. I know that I say that every time, but Unified is a special time where we give a time for local people that are making a difference in the world. The point of Unified is to let you know, the listener, that God uses real people to make a real difference in a fallen world. So we're in the house with me today. I've actually got two guests. I'll even let... Brett came by today. So Brett's in here. Brett, go ahead and say hi. They know who you are. How's it
1: going, everybody? Good to be here. Not interviewing me today. I'm just kind of along for the ride.
0: <laughs> and then the other special guest I have today that we're going to be talking with is Ron Mauser. Ron? Yeah, say I hi. am happy
2: to be here, Brett.
0: Entry. So we're going to go ahead and let him share his story. Ron has been a missionary, for those of you that aren't familiar, because I know we have listeners in 12 countries and... I think we last I looked, it was up to like 29 states in the United States. So that's good. Thanks for checking us out if you're listening out there. So uh, make sure you're sharing this with your friends. That helps us get the word out. But especially if something on here touches you, maybe something Ron says or if Brett comes in or whatever, anything that is said here, if it's touching you in any way, make sure you're sharing it with the people that you know need to hear it. Ron, I'm going to go ahead. What I generally do is I let the people talk. I mean, this is your story. They'll share. And if I have something I want to ask I'll just interrupt you so I kind of give them a heads up before we start to say hey have something in mind and we'll go from there because God usually takes over within the first you know few minutes of the show so Ron and with that being said I'm going to turn it over to you
2: okay well I am really happy to just have this opportunity to speak here as you said my name is Ron Mauser some of you might know me I am the director of mobilization for world indigenous missions we have uh, 61 missionaries working in 30 countries around the world in closed Muslim countries when in, in the, the old Soviet Union what would be called so just to keep it safe for our missionaries but in areas that are a little dangerous to be working but also we have lots of missionaries in Latin America and South America and we have plenty of internship opportunities as well. If anyone's listening and you're interested in becoming a missionary or learning how to learning about our internship programs, you can contact us at our website worldimtheletteri the letter I the letter m.com. Anyway, I, I, I'm actually from this area, though. I was uh, born again here in uh, at Peaceful Valley Baptist Camp, and I went to okay. Jackson High School. And uh, right. I was discipled at a little church in Fruitland. You know, back when uh, Terry Culberson was my pastor back in the day, and him and and my aunt Janice they discipled me and trained me how to seek God. And God took me through a lot uh, over the years. i have been a lot of places. One thing I really wanted to talk this morning, since your show is unified, I was thinking about how when the church comes together, how great things can happen. I I was this week, I got the opportunity to participate in a, a, a church camp, a youth camp. My life was changed at a youth camp, so I'm always looking for an opportunity to, to be at a youth camp or share at a youth camp. And it was great this week seeing how all of these different churches came together. It wasn't like a uh, church camp for like one church. Hmm. It was all these different local churches from the area. It's run by Jonathan and April Curry. Great interview sometime. Oh, okay. uh, for Fusion Camp. And they have all these different churches come together and from different areas, different states, and the kids came. And at the end of the camp, well, throughout the camp, I had so many kids come up to me um, after I shared and said, you know, I just came to the camp because I wanted to hang out with my friends, but God really has touched me and changed my life. Uh, so many testimonies of people saying, you know, I felt dead inside, and now I feel alive. And and, and the challenge that went forth to those kids to live differently and to be different. And uh, I can relate to that because, like I said, when I got saved when I was 15, I was lost. I wasn't raised in church. I didn't have a clue who Jesus was. I didn't know anything about the Bible. I mean, I thought Third John had a stall door on it. I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> it just clicked. Sorry, Ron. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I just didn't know. I didn't know anything about the things of God. And, 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 you know, it was like as the Word of God came to me, I mean, that's what happened to me. There was a transformation that brought me from death. life. I came alive inside when I was 15. I'm 47 years old now, and you know what, I haven't walked back from that decision. Uh, You know, sometimes you hear those testimonies, I got saved, and I walked away from my faith. That's not my testimony. My testimony is Jesus saved me, and I am moving forward. I've Mm -hmm. made mistakes on the way. Yeah, I've had problems, but I've never lost faith in God. One of the reasons I haven't lost faith in God is because he's revealed himself to me over and over and over again. I realized that uh, there's so many times I felt like God was calling me to do something and I thought about the thing I felt called to do and I realized I am not the best qualified. Mm. I am not the best. In my opinion, there's a hundred other people I could think of who would be better to do my job that I have now and other jobs I've done in the past. There's so many people who would be better to do it than me. But I said yes. (laughs) <laughs>
0: Amen. We talk about that a lot on Let's yeah. Talk. You just got to be willing to say yes. Many people don't realize, yeah, none of us are usually qualified for what God calls us for. He's the one that makes us qualified. So Amen. he He puts those gifts inside of us. Yeah. And I've talked um, on one of the shows, it may have been Let's Talk, I don't even know, but about when I was called to preach, I didn't like getting in front of people. That didn't come inside of me until I was I surrendered to what God had called me to. Then all of a sudden... I was okay with it. There was a desire, and I was able to do, because I was the guy, I'd rather just sit in the back, don't put me in front of people. So it's weird, but God can change everything. As soon as you just,
2: you just got to be willing to say yes, and we try to emphasize that a lot. Well, I I can really relate to that, because I'm kind of an introverted extrovert. Like, I'm okay standing in front of a group and talking to a group. Uh, especially if I know what I'm going to talk about and it has purpose but especially uh, growing up I was very shy I remember like hiding from people if someone came you know and (laughs) and, like just having an awkwardness and even now like sometimes just to, to step out and do things or talk with someone I don't know I have to put myself out there, and I have to take kind of just push myself a little. Mm-hmm. In the old days, it used to be more. Now it comes a lot more natural. So people don't believe me sometimes when I say that. Yeah, uh, but, that's the way my wife is. My wife doesn't even believe me. But the people that know me now,
0: after all that, they look at me like, "What?" I'm like, "No, I was the type. I didn't want to be in front of people. I didn't want to, you know." And my uncle, I was 13. I remember my uncle. I took guitar lessons, and he was begging me to play Amazing Grace. Well, finally, he talked me into it. I didn't even want to sing in front of people. But I did. And then after that, I was okay with singing. And I remember telling God, God, okay, I'll sing, but I will never preach. (laughs) And then in 2000, I think it was, he called me to preach. Well, then, like you were saying, when the Spirit comes into it, he makes it more natural for you. Even though, yes, just like you're saying, I've even had instances this week talking to people on the street. I have to put myself out there. I have to make myself approach. But I can sense Holy Spirit saying, hey, you need to talk to this person. So I would walk over and I would talk, awkward as it was. Some of you have to get past the awkward feeling that you get when it comes to talking to people because it's like the Bible talks about. It. And I think it's Romans, but I can't remember right now. Where it is asking, how are they going to know unless someone tells them? And I'm yes. paraphrasing, of course. Yeah. And that's us. That's what we're here to do. We're here to tell them about what god has done now you were also a youth pastor too so that probably
2: helps oh yeah i was was, uh, uh, yeah you know i was a children's pastor for a while and i was a youth pastor and and i've been associate pastor and i was thinking before we go on though i wanted to say something about what you just said you know god's god's not going to steer a parked car god's not going to steer a parked car Mm, and so many times you know we, we just you have to be willing to move forward you have to be willing to take the risk. You have to be able, willing to step out. And you might fail. Mm-hmm. You might step out. You might feel like a moving in your heart and I'm going to try it. Like I feel like led to talk to somebody or share my faith. And it might fail. Yeah, it could. That's always a possibility. But it could also succeed. And you'll never. But I, one thing is guaranteed. If you don't at least take the risk, you'll never have success. Amen. I, and I just talked about this a couple
0: of <laughs> weeks ago. I was talking about uh, here's what I can guarantee you. You're never going to see where God wants you if you don't start the journey. You've got to start somewhere. You've got to get out there and put yourself out there like we've been talking about. So I can guarantee you is what I told them. You will fail if you don't start your journey. But, you know, there's going to be opportunities for you to fail, but that's also how we learn. We learn from those failures. That doesn't mean you're a failure. It means you failed once. So let's try it again.
2: So you know, ahead. You know, it's a, I, I was thinking, of talking about youth ministry. One time we, 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 we ran a youth group down in Mexico. My wife and I, we started with, with the, the church. We, I was part of a church plant in 2000 to 2003 um, that started in homes. There was no building or anything like that. We, a welder got saved, and we started doing a discipleship group with him and his family. Neighbors started coming, and it started growing. Um, and then there was a, there was like basically three cell groups, and uh, they started growing from 2000 to 2003. I left 2003, got married, and when I moved back... Uh, I mean, it exploded. There's like, over 300 people. Oh, uh, wow. it, it was really neat, yeah. Uh, the best part of it, I think, what helped it grow was I left. <laughs> no, really. And I turned it over to um, a, a local brother, a, a Mexican brother, and uh, God just used his giftings and stuff like that. Like, uh, he used me to kind of kick-start it, and then that brother just took it and ran with it, and it was mm. great. You know, an interesting thing, though— um, when, when, when my wife and I moved back, we ended up uh, taking the youth group, which was just a small group of kids, and we really saw it grow over the years, and really grow. Um, and It was a really powerful uh, impact in, in their lives and in the community, but it was also an powerful time in my life, just watching those kids grow and the transformation in their lives. I mean, mm-hmm. I'd seen God do it in me, but it was great seeing that, you know what, it's not just me. God can do this in anybody, and seeing that transformation in those kids. I remember one service we did, I mean, talking about taking a risk. I, I remember getting up, and I, I, mean, I had been praying about what to share that week, and I really felt like the Lord said that uh, he wanted to speak to the kids, mm. and not me. Mm. Uh, and so, I mean, so we did something. It was really crazy, I'm just saying. But we, uh, we played a couple worships. I remember the kids came together for our, our youth service. We played a couple worship songs. Then I took a microphone, and I set it on the stage, and I just said, Hey, we're all going to get quiet. And the Lord's going to place something in your heart. And if God places it in your heart, you need to come up and say it on the microphone. Mm-hmm. And then I went back and sat down. Five minutes passed, and not a word. No one <laughs> moved. And I don't know, if you're in a church service, and you're, you know, like, if you just imagine that setting. I got the microphone sitting there. Five minutes felt like an eternity. Mm-hmm. It was like... I was like, oh, I really made it. Maybe I made a big mistake. Maybe maybe that wasn't the Lord. You know, you're starting to doubt it. Like, oh, I really. And I remember just kind of uh, just getting on my face before God. I mean, we're all, I got the kids all praying. You know, they're being quiet. And I just got, I said, God, you know, you know, I, I really felt like you were saying you wanted to do this tonight with these kids. And I said, you know, I, I can't make this happen. There's nothing I can say. This is. I mean, I've, I've completely taken this step of faith. That mm-hmm. If you don't do something like Mm -hmm. it's not going to happen but you know what I remember um, this one girl in the youth group probably one of the most goofy girls in the youth group and I say that because not the person you would think like this is like the most I mean she loved God she was definitely born again she was just a little goofy you know Mm -hmm. Uh, immature in some ways you know but she came forward and she goes you know when I was praying I saw this tree by some water and it was fruit hanging on it and uh, you know and and you know she just describes this scene she goes She she goes, but I don't know. I just kind of saw that in my mind when I was praying. And then this other girl in the youth group steps up and comes up to the mic. And she is out of the whole group. She was probably one. I knew she really studied the Bible, and she loves God, and she was really seeking. She said, you know, I really felt like I was supposed to read Psalm 1. But I wasn't sure. I thought maybe it was just me making that up. Mm-hmm. But Psalm 1 describes how the righteous are like a tree planted by the water that bears fruit in season its mm-hmm. fruit will not fail. And and, and as she wow. read it you could just feel the room uh, change as she read the scriptures. Wow. And then I mean, one she was just talking about it. And then <laughs> one by one the youth just started coming forward and they were reading passages from the Bible and we had a we had a, at that time we had a pretty good youth group. We had like 50 kids. But the kids just started coming forward. But but we had kids in our... That was a normal youth group. I, I'm not saying we had 50 kids on fire. We had 50 kids. And out of that group, we had some that were born again. Mm-hmm. Then you had some that, you know, we called them in, in Spanish. They say hermanos in Cristo. They're brothers in Christ. And we had others that we called primos. They mm-hmm. weren't brothers. They were like cousins. <laughs> <laughs> they're, like, they're, they're like really close, but they're really not a part... You know, they're mm-hmm. not a part of the immediate family yet. Uh, not quite born again, but they're... Just hanging on, and we had some boys in the group. They're only showing up because there were some cute girls in the group, you know, mm-hmm. you know that kind of thing. <laughs> Sound familiar, Brett? We <laughs> I mean, yeah. yeah. talked was, about that uh, on last it, month's it, interview, but <laughs> it happens. But you know what? These kids just started coming down. I had so many of them uh, just come down to the mic and begin confessing sin, begin confessing what God was doing in their life and, and their need for Him. Reading scriptures, and I remember one that really impacted me it was one of the big guys that we'd really been trying to reach he's like, you know, I'm, I'm not living, he comes and gets on the mic and he's balling, he's a really big muscular guy and uh, he was like, you know, I'm not here for, the, I hadn't been here for the right reasons, but I know God is real. I can feel him all over me. And he was like, and I need to get my heart right with God. And he goes, I need you all to pray for me. And he's just bawling. Mm-hmm. So I came to the conclusion that the best message I ever gave in my life was the one I didn't preach. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Because> <laughs> Sounds like with it. all the it kids far. came forward, and the, you know, the place was shaking. It was, it was great. There's a lot we can learn
0: from that, though, too, because too many Christians are so busy giving God their grocery list that they don't give God time to talk so i mean what do i mean by that well i mean when you go to your prayer time you say god okay thank you lord and you go through a whole list of things you're wanting done and you say amen and you go to bed well when did you take the time to get quiet and just listen god what are you trying to tell me? So we need to focus on what's God trying to say. And I think that's an amazing testimony because he's talking about, he just set a microphone up at the, was it a church or and were you it outside? It was we, well, it
2: was a, it, was a, it was where we had church services, but it's where we did the youth group. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we did the youth group at outdoor settings, but that night we were doing it in the, in the sanctuary. So he church.
0: just sets up a mic, totally goes on faith and says, okay, God, you said you wanted to speak. Here it is. And then five minutes, God's testing. Hey, are you going to wait? I don't know if he's testing or not. No, not no. Well, I, I I, I was, I'm,
2: I'm, I'm taking the risk. That's the whole thing. It's stepping out in faith. It's like when, uh, you know, Peter calls out to Jesus, Hey, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come out on the water. And, mm-hmm. and, and then when Jesus called him, he stepped out there. Everyone likes to focus on the part where he began to sink and he, he doubted. But he still stepped out of the boat onto the water. Isn't that but, what I just said a couple of weeks ago? I mean, you're on it, point. It might, be, it might be that, oh, oh that some could call that a failure. But he took the risk and did something that, I mean, that as far as we know, only Jesus did. Mm-hmm. You know, for a little bit, for a little bit yeah. of time, he got to experience that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think there, there's something we said there. Like, even, even if we fail, but to take the risk. That person who's in your life that doesn't know Christ, but God's been stirring your heart to talk to them. If you're feeling in your heart to make cookies for your neighbors that so you can share faith with them. I mean, that's not the devil that puts that in there. Mm. Take the risk and step out. And you know what uh, maybe they won 't respond the way you think maybe it won't have the reaction you 're looking for, but just take the risk and step out there in faith is what what I like to say, and you don 't know what god 's going to do i 've seen so many times over the years where you know especially as 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 believers as we come together and we pray and we ask God to move, and then god God does respond but if we if we don't take the time to pray and to ask if we don 't take the time that that moment. Like, okay, God has prepared the way, God has opened the window, and boom, now here's the opportunity. If when that window of opportunity is there, if we don't step through it, because what we can't see behind the scenes, sometimes God is setting things up like dominoes, and we don't know. You know, you read those stories in the Bible, you hear those testimonies, it was like, I was in my time of need, and I'll give, I'll give you an example, I'll give a better example. I, when I was at uh, language school. There were different people that lived on the campus, and there was one family on the campus. They had a, a son that was not a believer. You know, this couple, they're, they're, They had a teenage son. He was not really serving the Lord at all. He was kind of acting crazy, acting out, had some issues.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Right before I was getting ready to leave the school, I felt like the Lord. I remember one night, someone had given me an electric guitar, and I was excited. I was like, I was going to learn to play it. Mm-hmm. And I had an amp that I had bought, and I had this electric guitar. I, I woke up one morning and I felt like the Lord told me to give it to this kid. I mean, he wasn't even serving God. hmm
1: <laughs> You know, and I was
2: like, I was like, all right. You know, I was like, hey, you want me to give the guitar, the guitar and the amp and, uh, and and so I did. <laughs> you didn't want to, probably. I didn't. Did I you. really didn't want to. You want to <laughs> know the truth?
0: I didn't want to. Just being honest. Sometimes you don't want to do it, but if you do it, you'll be blessed for it. Go ahead. But I I just didn't
2: think that that thought. I mean, that wasn't a thought that came from me because I didn't want to do it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so I you know what? So I just uh, I took it over to his house. I took it over to his department where they were. I took it over there, and he was just like gave me the strangest look and said, "Thanks." And that was it. Like far as I knew that was the end of the story mm-hmm. you know I gave it to him years later I ended up coming back through there I mean it was several years later I ended up coming back through there and I run into the kid's mom and he's like uh, she's like you know I just wanted to thank you you know years ago you she goes you gave that guitar to my son she goes you know what you didn't know she was the night before that he was laying in his bed and he said God you know if you're real I'll serve you he goes, but I, I want to play music for you. Mm. He, goes, he was like, I want to play music for wow. you. And if he goes, if you'd give me a guitar, like he, was like, he was just like, if you'd give me a guitar, like, I would know you're hearing me. It was the strangest thing.
0: Wow. You know. And God so, spoke to you and said, give him the
2: guitar.
1: And so and he, he said, thanks. He didn't yeah. know what else to say. <laughs> <so he> gave <laughs> the stra- okay. It was the
2: strangest look. Yeah, it was like, it was, a, it was the, the look he gave me when I gave it to him. Because I didn't stick around either. I just kind of. I didn't want to have chance to, to back out of the decision. You know, I gave it to him. I said, here you go. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> but, wow. But, awesome. But, you know, the thing is, is we we don't know. I mean, worst case, maybe I'd have given it to the kid and nothing, you know. But best case scenario, God really was speaking. I gave it to him. He he gave his heart to Jesus. That was a, an overwhelming sign for him. And he actually, they started like a local Christian band and, and, and were ministering in that area down wow. in southern Texas. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, is, we don't know what God's doing in other people's lives. So what I'm saying is behind the scenes, because I always like those testimonies. I have a lot of personal testimonies, especially as a missionary, mm-hmm. times when we had nothing and then God provided over and over and over again. I mean, I'm talking like cars, a place to live, money, finances, all kinds of things just miraculously provided over the years. And, you know, and I love those testimonies, but I was on the receiving end on a lot of those. Mm-hmm. But the other part of that is, that God was setting those dominoes in place, setting everything in place. And there were other people. It, it relied on other believers putting things in place, doing being obedient to God for that final testimony to happen. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, you don't know where you are in that chain or what God's doing in your life or the thing He's speaking to you might be really necessary to help somebody else. And you're that link to that other person's miracle, your step wow. of obedience, yeah, your. Your, your step of obedience, you moving out in faith and just obeying God, maybe in that little thing is the thing that that other person's been waiting for, for their, and for their life to change. You know, there's people that God has placed around you. I, I mean, I'm working in different countries around the world with the, or with the agency we're with. <clears throat> Some people are called to do that. You know, they have, they have a saying, people always say in church, well, everyone's a missionary. Mm-hmm. You know what the problem with that saying is? When you say everyone's a missionary, my wife always says, well, everybody's job is nobody's job. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's like if you've been in a workplace, they will say, well, everybody's just going to pick up the, the, the break room. And what mm-hmm. happens is, is like nobody picks up the break room except for maybe like one or two people who kind of feel like it got real dirty. Mm-hmm. A lot of times we just neglect things like that when we think, well, someone else is going to do it. Mm-hmm. Or that's the pastor's job. I mean that's why he gets a set big salary, right? You know. Mm.
0: <laughs> exactly. It's <That's laughs> a laugh. <laughs> it is a laugh.
2: It is a laugh because generally pastors small church, they don't have any kind of big salary. Mm-hmm. And you know and it's not their job. Jesus said, I mean, Paul tells us in Ephesians, that the church grows as every joint and every ligament does supplies its part. The church can only grow as every part of the body is doing what it's supposed to do. And actually, the pastor's job is to train the saints for the work of the ministry. The ones who are supposed to be going out and reaching the lost are actually it's the whole body of believers. And the church doesn't grow unless the whole body of believers is doing their part. Wow. But the problem is, is everybody's looking around saying, "Well, he's got the Bible school degree. He's got you know this guy. He's a trained minister, and that's his job." But the problem is, the pastor doesn't go home with your family and your family members and your family members who know you if they see the change in your life they see the change in the fire god in you that will impact them they'll never maybe never see that pastor unless you speak to them and if you speak to them if you speak to them and they see the change in you you're the missionary there then you are a missionary and I'll agree with that you are a missionary to your family and your home and your community when you speak to those around you but you have to take the risk and nobody can do it for you, and God won't force you to do it, you have to step out in faith. I was trying to look at the date. It's August 7th. We're recording this on August
0: 7th. Why is that important? Because we're going to put this up in September, the first Thursday of September. What what you don't realize is everything, and he doesn't know it because I haven't spoken with Ronnie. Everything Ronnie just said is what we've been talking about for the last four or five weeks here at the church. Talking about getting out of the house, getting out there, and going to the people. Serving in the house. But the house is exactly what you said. The way my pastor worded it in Tennessee was that everyone's a minister... The pastors, the leaders, the fivefold ministry—they're your administers. They help you to get to that gift. They point you in the right direction. They help you. They usher in. They help you however they can. That's what we're here to do. But many, and we've been talking about this. So everything you're saying, you're in the vein. That's what I wanted to say. We're recording this on August seventh because if you listen to every message before this date, well, I guess one goes up tomorrow, the last one, but. Everything he's talking about, we've been talking about. This is exactly, and the Holy Spirit's in on it. That's Good how God. you know it's the Holy Spirit. So, But it's important, because what you just said, and I got a friend, Tasha Hart, and she's probably listening. Tasha, shouts out to you if you're listening. She actually wrote a book called Puzzle to Purpose, and she what the book describes, because I'm, I'm having her speak for us again in October, but she's talks about every one of us are a piece of God's big puzzle, and she talks about If your piece isn't in place, in other words, if you're not doing what God's called you to do, there are pieces around you that aren't in place either because they can't connect until you connect. So you've got to figure out what it is God's called you to do. And even if it's the simple things, he mentioned baking cookies for your neighbor. That's something simple we don't think about, but that may be God telling you to do that. And if it is and you do it, you're going to be blessed for it. And even if you never see the blessing, even if you drop the cookies off, maybe they give you an attitude maybe they see the blessing on their end and maybe like he just talked about in his story they come back years later and thank you because just that simple thing you did totally changed their life totally changed their world so be willing to listen and i do not interrupt no more, but i wanted you to know you're in the vein whether you know it or not ron so so uh, but i that's why i wanted to say the date we're recording this go ahead ron go ahead Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, I, I
2: wasn't <laughs> sure how we were on time. <laughs> no, you're good. <laughs> um, well, you know, there's just so many things that, that God uh, wants to do uh, through the the local church and through the local believers. You know, it's not, I mean, yes, there is a definitely an effort around the world. I mean, it's funny you mentioned uh, about, you know, the, the pastor's role, you know, to, to equip people and stuff like that, and that's you're about administering. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that's a lot of what I do now is uh, my job is uh, I feel like my great calling is to help other people walk out what they're supposed to do Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know and and, and and as a missions mobilizer that's that's what we're always doing kind of looking for people who feel called to the nations to actually go not just to minister locally but to to go out into the world into other nations and and to share their faith and so our hope with that is to find those people who feel who feel the call to help train them to help equip them Pair them up with senior missionaries who are already on the field. So what we do is a little different than groups that just do short-term missions and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. Uh, We do have short-term missions uh, opportunities, but what we really do is we like to find, when I talk about an internship, I'm talking about maybe a young person who's a high school graduate or getting close to that or someone who's like college age who wants to take a gap year. Or somebody in their 60s who's retired and wants mm-hmm. to go and, and start something new. We have, we have missionaries all ages. We really mm-hmm. do. We've got uh, one girl. Uh, she started at 16, did a trip to Africa. Um, and now at 19, she's looking at being a midwife in the Middle East mm-hmm. um, uh, and, and working with Christian ministries. And really, I won't even mention the places where she's talking about going. But it's a, it's really amazing to see. I mean, we're talking to a girl who started that journey at 16. And yet, on the other end of the spectrum, we have a 76-year-old who, him and his wife, go to Nepal and they teach uh, storytelling techniques in <laughs> illiterate communities so yeah. that they can do evangelism through uh, Bible, st- biblical storytelling. Right. Uh, so um, the, that's a <laughs> wide age group, mm-hmm. um, you know. And the thing is, though, is for people who feel called, who want to take the risk, we like to plug them into internship opportunities. Just all over the board. It's not just people who want to do church planting. We have opportunities for those who are are like with orphanages, people who are interested in child care type things, or one of Big Brother type programs. We have a boys' ranch in Mexico. Uh, There's a girls' home in Honduras. Uh, We're partnered with another organization. They do uh, all their work is on the Amazon River, delivering filters, water filters to villages. It's Mm -hmm. physical labor. Um, you know, so it's got to be someone in decent shape. And then we have pl- plenty of opportunities all over the world for those who uh, speak English. If you speak English, then you have a skill set you can use on mm-hmm. the mission field because there's plenty of places where people want to learn English, and you can work in an English school. Mm-hmm. And the biggest qualification is that you can speak English. Mm. Maybe not well. I mean, we have Southern accent. <laughs> oh, no, I'm just kidding. I've American got, I've got, English. I've got, I've got like a Missouri and Texas accent. It's kind of all blended together. Um, American slang gets thrown in there. And yeah, then they, then they you got care. a heck of an English. <laughs> Actually, that's a real benefit in some areas because they want to learn American English too. Mm. So. You never realize, and especially I don't know. I think it was we had an
0: exchange student from Ecuador years ago. It would have been late 90s, probably about the time you were going in the mission yeah. field. He uh, came in, and this is when you realize that there's even accents in Spanish, because he's like he's he come, He's from Ecuador, near Quito. I think he's like an hour and a half from there, or something. I'm not sure what the name of his actual city is, but and we keep we still keep in touch and he would hear the mexicans here talking he's like man their spanish is bad <laughs> but he was different. talking about the accent he yeah. wasn't talking the about accent. i mean you don't think about that like but it's the same thing in english is what i'm getting at you, you you look at american english you don't really realize there's a difference till you hear actual english and then you
2: realize wow we insert a lot of slang in there so oh, yeah i, I don't sure know what got me it. off no, on no, that no, no. but go it, ahead it is different <laughs> there's all different flavors you know that's the thing is you can hear somebody especially like living down in texas we get recruits that come from up north or from Alabama or Georgia, and you can tell, oh, they're from this area or that area. Same happens with at least with Spanish. I can speak with authority, I can hear people say, oh, he's from northern Mexico or southern Mexico, or they're from Peru because I can really tell the difference. Or Guatemala. Mm-hmm. I worked with, uh, I worked on the Mexico, I lived in the state of Chiapas, worked in the mountains in Chiapas, and worked right along the Guatemalan border. I was out of Mexico for like 17 years. So I could really tell the difference between the different accents between the two countries. Mm. And then we also worked with a lot of indigenous groups out in villages and things like that. So yeah, yeah it, was, it, was, it was cool stuff. But maybe to wrap up, I was thinking, you know, maybe like you want to hear a testimony or something sure like that. Okay, you know, it. how about something when uh, I was thinking of when the church comes together, I was thinking about your, your podcast, you know, like the unified theme you know, I think there's such power when the church comes together, it, When, especially as a group. We're willing to take those risks and step out in faith. I remember uh, I was helping with a, a church plant in this area like outside of Cancun. Now everybody thinks of Cancun, you think of the beaches and all the tourist areas. There's another side of Cancun and that's the poor side of Cancun where none of the tourists go, you know, with dirt roads and things like that on the out is of town and uh, where the poorer people live. And so I was doing, helping with a church plant out there, outside of town. The, there was a concrete block building had like a tin metal roof, no floor, it had a gravel floor. They had, there was no there's no money for concrete or anything like that, it just had a gravel floor. And the church had been fasting and praying for their community, fasting and asking God, you know, God just, you know, touch our community. There's so much sin in our city. There's so much need here for the gospel. You know, and they, they were praying and fasting and really asking God to do things. You know, and that whole time when I was in that region working with them or helping with different things, Really we saw a lot of miracles. Uh, there is a lot of sin in that area. Yeah, a lot of people go there. A lot of a lot of people when they go to that area, their minds are set on things that aren't godly at all. That's kind of the, the idea they had about a lot of Americans, you know, and but I, I had so many times when God just shook the place. I remember we walked into a, a family restaurant uh, to have breakfast before we went out and we were gonna go do this service here to help this church with the church plant. <laughs> And uh, we're, we're eating breakfast. And while we're eating breakfast, the same restaurant also served alcohol. And so there's these guys in there. We're, we're talking it's like 9 in the morning or something like that. And these, some of these guys are already drunk. I mean, they're already drinking. you know. And we pray over our meal, and we're just sitting there. And somehow our meal turned into this witnessing time because all of these guys from, around the, from like all around the restaurant you know, saw, oh, American guy, he's trying to talk to us. And we started witnessing to him. Well, then, like, everybody in the restaurant gathered around. Like, Mm -hmm. it wasn't like, I mean, they gathered around to listen. And God started touching people's hearts. You know, guys are, like, crying. God's, like, touching people's lives. we're trying to finish our meal, you know, because we're supposed to go to a service. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You know, and, uh, and just powerful things, you know, that God did, even though that's an area that's so associated with sin and darkness, especially that area where we were. It wasn't a nice area. But I think when you're willing to take a risk and you step out, you just don't know what God's going to do. And I remember when we went uh, later, I mean, I was <laughs> later I was going with this, this, this church plant. So we we're going to do this service for them, you know. And I, there was an, an, old, an older lady and I, I was, in my, I was in my 20s. I was like 23 when I first moved down on the field. Mm-hmm a while ago. <laughs> and uh, you know I remember there was an older lady, she was probably in her 60s. Her and I, we were going to canvas the community, just pray over the community. And I'm going to mention what she, what we were wearing because it's relevant to the story. I mean, we're both dressed like the average tourist. She's got the little, you know, wearing shorts and flip-flops and the big tourist sunglasses and the fanny pack, you know. I mean, I'm wearing shorts and you know, like a t-shirt There wasn't anything like Christian about the way we were dressed. Mm -hmm. You know, we're both dressed like just any old tourist who's come to Cancun to booze it up and, you know, get away. I don't know. We Mm -hmm. looked like that, Mm -hmm. just like a normal tourist. But we were praying over the community. We're asking God to open eyes and to touch people's lives and to change the community and to pack the church. And, you know, that's what we're praying. Mm -hmm. And we were praying and we're walking around the community. And there's this. there's this man and this woman that they're about, I mean, it was almost two blocks from us. I, this, this guy, and we're, walk, we're walk, and we're talking like dirt roads. Like, mm-hmm. This isn't like a city suburb. I mean, we're on the rough edge of town. There's dirt in the streets. I'm trying to paint the picture for you unfinished houses, beat down houses. And this guy's like, he's up the two blocks away. He sees us which is not an uncommon thing to see white tourists in this area, I mean, in Cancun. Now, this area, not so much. But this guy sees us, and he comes running. I mean, he he goes like full spread, comes running over to where we're at, and he fell down on his knees and started crying and repenting. You hadn't said anything. God made it move. That was definitely God. I mean, we didn't even... I, do, I doubt we even looked very Christian. I mean, we're just walking around the community praying, you know, sweating really bad, uh, uh-huh. uh, you know. Yeah, he came and he fell down he starts repenting and confessing that, you know, he's living with that woman and they're not married and his heart's not right. And he has You know, and it's like all this stuff. He's just... He's like, he needs Jesus. We invite him, you know, pray with him on the street there and invite him to service. Mm-hmm. But it was like... It was God, and and I, I, what I really attribute it to though is that the church was fasting and praying. The church was fasting and praying, and they had been praying over the community. We showed up that day and were praying. They had been praying for a long time. Mm-hmm. They had been fasting and praying for a long time. We did the service that night, and we really did have we had a full house. All kinds of people showed up. You know, is this is tell me if you'd like this as a pastor, if you're a pastor, Fred, have a church service that goes this way. <clears throat> the music was horrible. First of all. (laughs) Music was horrible. I mean, it was a... They they had one... There was no sound system. There was an old beat-up speaker... And, and an old like acoustic guitar. When I say acoustic, don't think like an American acoustic. This is like a nylon string guitar that the guy's holding in front of an old microphone. Mm-hmm. Okay, and it's not in tune. Mm-hmm. And the guy singing on it isn't in tune either. So it's like <laughs> this is this is not your ideal worship service. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the building doesn't have any kind of paint. There's no there's a gravel floor. We're sitting on paint cans and two by f- like like planks, board planks. Mm-hmm. There there are no chairs in the. building building mm. it's hotter than blue blazes wow it's hot you know we're sweating there are bugs okay i'm just kind of I want you to really see how ideal this would be to have a service i mean because i think a lot of americans would get distracted by all of these yeah. things mm-hmm. and we're having this service the guy's playing on the guitar you know plays a couple songs and then the the, the other missionary i was working with his spanish was pretty rough he gets up to share the message uh, you know he was gonna, he was going to share a message, like a word of encouragement. But his Spanish is so bad that he butchers it. <laughs> he, he he gets he's not he's American. Oh, this is an American guy. Right. This is an Ameri- <laughs> This is a friend of mine. This is a friend that accompanied me. You know, I, I actually I went with him. I mean, uh-huh. I'm accompanying him. His Spanish was horrible uh, at that time. I, ho- I I believe it got better. But he got up and he was like, just want to say that. Um, he said. He, he he got the word for God and the devil mixed up. So he was like, the devil loves you and God hates it was like God hates you and I'm like, whoa even the people you audience is like no 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 this is not the message you know what and it was it was a butcher. I mean he butchers it. So like well let's just go back to the worship. So we're, <laughs> so we're having this service and uh you know the the worship guy, you know, he's just like he's just he's just like, you know what? Let's just worship God. And he just starts pouring his heart out, you know. I mean, and it's out of tune. But mm-hmm. he is authentic. He mm-hmm. is authentic. He's just like, you know, we're just gonna, we're just gonna worship God. And you know what? And 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 the people from the church, they just like, like, we don't care. We're just we are gonna focus on God and we're gonna worship God. And they began singing about how God is great and how God is wonderful. And 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 the worship leaders encouraged him. You know, you just just worship God in your own words whatever you just worship God and as we worshiped God you know what we just you could really feel almost uh, a tangible presence of the Lord there was a neighbor was there at the service uh, she was a lady who lived by the church um, not not a believer they had tried witnessing to her she was never interested she'd never come to any of the Bible services nothing she showed up that night for, the, for that wonderful service and, um, and uh, you know as we started worshiping God that second time, and, and people were really pressing in to worship God, she fell on her face in the gravel. Mm. I'm not talking like that you've seen in church services where like, people fall backwards, and you've got people catching them. And all. I'm not talking nothing like that.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I mean, we were praying. Everybody's praying, and I look over, and she fell face first into the gravel. Wow. And I was like, oh, that's going to hurt. <laughs> <laughs> I was like... Mm. So boom. And, uh, you know, she got up. Uh, and she lay there a while, and she got up, and 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 she was uh, crying. Not, but not because she was hurt. She was crying, and she went to the pastor, and she goes to the front, and, and she's asking for prayer. She said that she had a vision of hell, and she needed to get her heart right with Jesus. And she said, I have to serve God. I have to give my heart to Jesus. Mm-hmm you know in her and like in her kids and like their family i mean you know god did this powerful thing and it wasn't because they were following all of the the, the trappings they didn't have everything in place they didn't have like the right paint or the right music you know, they didn't have the right building mm-hmm. they didn't have all this stuff that sometimes we think makes a church mm-hmm. they didn't have any of it yeah but they had a, they but what they had what was the real church they had a body of believers that were seeking God earnestly. A body of believers seeking God earnestly and as a group. And as they did that, God began to impact their community and to shake that community. And he moved in powerful ways. And I, I think one thing, you know, if anyone's listening to this, what I would like to encourage is, you know, focus on God. Everything else can be a distraction. It's not that it's bad. It's great. I love air conditioning. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, I love it. Uh, but... but I'm just saying sometimes we get so focused on all the other stuff, the extra stuff that doesn't really matter. We become so focused on those extra things that we forget about what's most important. What's most important is Jesus. Above all and everything else, that we love God with all of our hearts, with all of our body, soul, and strength, that we love him with everything we have, and that we love our neighbors as ourselves. And they're willing to sacrifice to reach our neighbors and to love the people around us. And if we can focus on those two things, then everything else will fall in place. Gradually, those things you need to, to make your ministry, grow or to make your, you know, to to help your church grow, those things can come into place is when we put first things first, seek Jesus, love others, and then everything else, it'll just come into place and fall into place as it's needed. Mm, amen. Amen. That's a that's the
0: thing, especially in the American church. They get distracted by, like you said, uh, all the lights and the,
2: the, the music. Oh, it's not just <laughs> America. It's not just America. You know, it, and in Latin America we saw it a lot because they're watching American ministries too. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, if we want to uh, have a big ministry like that that church on TV or that church has that program, it's like, oh, we have to have that kind of building. Mm-hmm. We've got to play that kind of music or we've got to have that kind of Light show. Maybe we need a fog machine. You know, if we had a fog machine, the Spirit of God mm. would move in here. It's mm. like, well, maybe let's just focus on the prayer. Mm. I mean, fog machine, if you want. I mean, I I don't think I don't get caught up in any of that stuff. I like it or don't like it. You know, I, for me, it's all just like like as long as we get our hearts focused on Jesus.
0: And really, that's what we're seeing here at the church right now. The most powerful time in our service, and I'm speaking on Wednesdays, Sundays is starting to happen more too. The because uh, we've teamed up with joy church here so there's the unification that we that i had passion for when i moved back but we're noticing after the worship after the message the prayer time where sometimes it can be 45 minutes to an hour of people just coming for prayer that is the most powerful part of the service because people are having a chance to have God change their lives right where they're at, right where they're at, because God knows their needs. And matter of fact, Ed and I have talked, for those of you who know Pastor Ed Rhodes, he's the pastor of Joy Church. We have talked, and the most exciting part of any of our services now is our prayer time. At the very end, we don't even, we just want to get through the message to get to the prayer. But you know, that stuff's fine, there's nothing wrong with that. But what we're saying is, and it's kind of like I said on, I think it was Let's Talk a few weeks back, I was saying Give me a prayer service over a church service any day of the week because prayer is where God changes people. That's where things happen. The prayer is the fuel that keeps the church going. So without prayer, if there's no prayer time, and I encourage you if you're a pastor listening, there's no prayer time in your church. You need to have that prayer time because that's when we're noticing. We just start with one person brave enough to come forward. Then what we notice is as we're praying for that person, a line forms. Yep. And you've got people coming from all over the place. Well, I need prayer. I need prayer. And that right there, to me, speaks mountains to a good message or good worship music, you know, which is good. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to say that for those of you listening. But prayer is where it's at. And I agree with what he just said. It doesn't take all of that stuff that we just talked about. All it takes is you saying yes to Jesus, spending time with him, speaking with him. He'll do the rest. If there's going to be growth in the church, it's going to happen from a prayer meeting you had at the church. It's going to be happening, like he said, when the church is praying and fasting, that's when it's going to happen. It's not going to happen because you got all the best lights and you got the greatest band and you got all this up there for you. So understand that there's more to God than entertainment. God wants a relationship. He wants a personal relationship with you. And your best time to get that is when you're in your word or you're praying. And then there are other times God just speaks, and we've been seeing Holy Spirit move Amen. like crazy here lately. Just telling, go to this over here, go to this person, and then people come in. They're bringing people in, and it's like you're just seeing them because they see God's answering prayers. Amen. I mean, just a couple of weeks ago, a lady was healed from cancer. Amen. We had, we came. They uh, actually it was her great grandson. He stepped forward, and said, "I want to pray for grandma. She's got cancer," and so. He comes forward, we anoint him with oil, because what we do is we anoint him with oil, we call forth the elders, and we pray. And he stood in for her, and they told me the very next day, which was Thursday morning, she had a doctor's appointment, and the cancer was gone. Amen. That's the God I serve. Amen. God is doing right. things, and it's like he's Amen. saying. He's doing. He's been doing these things Amen. for years. We're starting to notice it more and more now because, you know, people are talking about it. They're getting excited. There's Amen. a great revival in the mix right now. Y'all need to get ready. And I'm excited, especially hearing what you got going on, Ronnie. I want to get with you after this. I want to get, see about getting you a check for your uh, missions. So, um, but I'll have to—I may have to give it to you <laughs> later, but because my wife's got the checkbook. Brett, you got anything you want to throw in real no, quick? Well, before? just real
1: quick. I'm sitting here listening and trying to wrap all this together in my head, and I think what what I'm gathering the most from this is, you know, talking about prayer <clears throat> and realizing that, you know, what we've been seeing happen here is. The greatest move of God that that happens is whenever, and I know this may sound strange, but in a lot of ways we take ourselves out of the equation and we just make ourselves available for God. Mm-hmm. It's it's not about the message that we preach or anything you know anything like that. It's some of the greatest messages are the ones that you know we can't even remember that we preached because we know that God's the one that spoke it. You know, somebody's <laughs> like, you know, you said this, and you're like, no. But <clears throat> it's the same way with uh, what we're seeing with prayer is we're just going up there and we're letting God move on the people. And I think that that's what Christians and pastors and all of us, I think that's what we need to do is we, we, we cannot make this about us. We can't make it about saying, look, look what we did in our services and things like that, because God is the one moving right now. And it just takes an obedient person to stand there and say, Lord, you want me to lay hands on them? I'll lay hands on them and let God work and, just just listening to this whole thing and just guys, we have just got to let God work. so in a lot of ways we got to take ourselves out of the equation and I know God uses us and I understand that you know but God is the one that's going to get the glory. God is the one that's doing the great works and I think the best part of it is is a lot in a lot of ways we can just kind of step back and say, wow, look what God's doing mm-hmm. And that's the throughout your whole story that you've been talking it just makes me think, wow, look what God has done. And I'm looking to the future now saying, all right, God, what else are you going to do? You know, this, it's mm-hmm. going to be an amazing ride, you know, to where we're at. I really believe that we're at this time of revival and we're seeing healings and we're seeing things take place. And I'm just going to step back and say, Lord, I'll do what you want, but I'm ready to watch you work. So
2: mm-hmm. I, I would like to say one more thing. Go I You're, good. The, You're the, good on time. So the, go ahead. <laughs> the scriptures, you know, the Bible, the scriptures are the first and final authority on all things pertaining to God. Mm-hmm. They're they're the scriptures. They're the, they're the basis for everything we do, for our knowledge of God, and for where we want to move forward. Without the scriptures, we can't grow. But if our if our relationship with God is solely based on head knowledge, if all we have, if all we're doing is memorizing scripture, then we can run the risk of just being religious mm-hmm. or just being uh, legalistic. And so it's so important. We can never it, we never deny. Um, the the importance of of studying the scriptures or digging into the scriptures but but it's so important that we also combine that with a genuine heart that is seeking God in in prayer and fasting or just, just seeking after God but we don't we don't neglect the study of the word. And those two combine together so that we can know God because the scriptures allow us to hear God clearly and to discern. You know, it's it's the, the word of God is sharper than a two-edged sword, dividing asunder soul and spirit, revealing the intentions of man's heart and what are what, what's inside of us. And so it's important that you're staying in the word. But it's also important that that your faith isn't isn't just head knowledge. Yeah. You know, the Bible says that if if we believe in our heart that Jesus Christ was raised from the dead. It doesn't say if you believe in your head. And there's so many people that believe in their head. Mm. There's so many things that their faith is, it's all head knowledge. And the the thing is, head knowledge doesn't convert your soul. Head knowledge doesn't get you into heaven. Head knowledge is just head knowledge. It's just information. Mm -hmm. And the Pharisees in Jesus' day, they were filled. They had memorized scriptures. And yet when 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 the Messiah, the living Messiah was in their midst, they didn't recognize him. They didn't recognize him. It was just a, when, when Jesus was presented in the temple, none of the priests said, Here's the Messiah. It was only a widow and, a, and an old, well, an old widower, just an old man and old woman, both of them that had been seeking God in prayer and fasting. When they saw the Christ child, they knew it was the Messiah. Mm. Yeah. And so I just want to encourage you as you're watching this to, to take a risk in your, in your personal devotional time read the scriptures and as you read the scriptures maybe even before you open it say God you know I maybe you've studied the book for years say you know God show me today as I open up your word show me help me to see what you're what you're trying to say to me help me to see it with new eyes help me to hear with ears that hear and to see with eyes that see and speak to me Lord because I need you you know, And if you come to God humbly like that, not as, not as someone who doesn't have any needs, but as someone who just needs God, God will meet you. If you draw near to him, he's promised you that he will draw near to you. And I just want to encourage you, if you're listening, just to open yourselves up to the Lord. And you never know what, where he's going to take you or what he's going to do with you.
0: Amen. Amen.
2: And I like what
0: you just said about so many people have a head knowledge, but they don't have a heart knowledge, I guess. A heart knowledge, or they don't have him in their heart. They just know of him. And we see a lot of that, and like he said, that's religion, that's religious stuff. You want to have a relationship with God. Ronnie, I, I know you got to get to the—he's trying to make a hospital visit, guys, so we're going to cut it a little shorter than usual, but I want to give you a chance to once again share your missionary okay. information. So if they want to donate or they want to get with you on getting in the mission field, go ahead and give them that information.
2: Again. Yeah, so if, if uh, our, our our organization is World Indigenous Missions. We're actually uh, located in New Braunfels, Texas, but you don't have to go all the way there to talk to us. Uh, our, website, our website is world—the the word world— the letters i m com worldim.com um you can also uh you can also uh, like I said, check the website out and on there you can you have direct contact to me you can call our office you know if you're already involved in missions uh, but you don't have an agency we can be a resource for you we train people we when i joined wim i had already been on the field uh, seven years but i joined wim and it was it made the world a difference for me Because I went into missions, I did everything the hard way. I I didn't learn the language first, I didn't get training. I just went. You know, the Bible says in Ecclesiastes, when when the axe is dull, the work is hard. Mm. The wisdom is profitable in all things. So I went on the field and suffered a lot, and then I went back and got training. Our goal is to avoid that. We want to help people that want to go on the field to get the training up front, to equip them, to pair them with senior missionaries and help them to be fruitful long-term on the field. But if you went like I did, if you went the hard way and you're trying to do <laughs> trips, and maybe you even did missions and you struggled and you failed and you went home, but you wish you could have done it different, talk to me. We can help you. Uh, we, we really can help you. We help people all the time. I also want to give you um, our, our phone number. He's looking it up. I'm looking it up. Sorry, <laughs> 830, I don't call it, but uh, 830-629-0863. That's 830-629-0863. Six, three. I really appreciate the opportunity to come in. And now, can they uh, ask for you at that number? Yeah, you can ask for me specifically. You can any. ask for Ron Mauser. People in, in southeast Missouri most of them know me as Ronnie. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can ask for either way. You can ask for it in Spanish. Ronaldinho, they, they don't. <laughs> it won't matter. You can just ask for me. But there's a, a whole office full of people that would love to help you and serve you. Uh, most of our staff have lived on the mission field in some part of the world at, at one point or another. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we're looking for any way we can serve you. Also, i uh, just going to put it out there. I did youth ministry for years. If you're interested in having someone come and speak to your youth, um, I'll do it. Uh, I don't ask for an offering. I don't ask for anything. If you feel led, that's fine, but I'm not asking for it. I'm just looking for an opportunity where I can share with people about the fire of God and how he can change their life and how he can take them wherever they want to go, uh, wherever he wants them to go if they're willing to submit, and also just for opportunities to talk about missions and missions opportunities. So uh, youth or your, your church group, whatever, your Bible study, I don't care. Just contact us. All right. Ed, if you're listening,
0: sorry I didn't get to that question, man. Do you want to answer that one real quick? He wanted to hear your story of the gas. <laughs> oh, that's
1: that, quick, that, quick, that a story, quick story for another day. Okay, Ed, so we'll it's a long day. story. We'll, we'll leave that day. one out.
0: Sorry, Ed, you didn't get to that. But we did get a lot of good information today. So uh, make sure you're checking out the website, worldim.com. Worldim.com. His name, if you're wanting, you probably see it on the picture, is Ron Mauser or Ronnie well, How is it listed one. on the website? Ron-, Page Ron on the website. Okay, Ron Mouser, M-O-U-S-E-R, right? Yeah. So Ron Mauser, and he would love to talk to you as well. So God bless each and every one of you. Is Brett, you got anything last to say real quick? Nope, I'm good. All right. Well, guys, thank you so much for checking this out. We're going to let Ronnie get to the hospital. But thank you so much for checking this out. We'll see you guys next time. God bless.